0: Hans, yeah. high! It's a deep. It's- Friday, wrapping up the week of the Just Baseball Show. Jack McQuillan, Peter Apple, rm has got a consult for a surgery because he's an old man and he is still at the doctor's office. But we got shit to do, so we got to get we got to knock this baby out. We're going to run through a bunch of headlines, a lot of individual headlines um, about a a certain firing uh, in a front office and then also some injury updates for you. But first and foremost, last night, and we're recording before it happens, but last night the Reds on Fox, like on real television, ran out a lineup that looked like this. Jonathan India at second, Nick Senzel in center, Kyle Farmer at third. Joey Votto at first, Donovan Solano as the five-hitting D.H., Albert Almora in left, Aristides Aquino as the seven-hitting right fielder, Jose Barrero as the eight-hitting shortstop, and Austin Romine batting ninth and catching. And people watched it because it was at a cool ballpark.
1: That's exactly what happened. And now we're going to predict what's happening before. Aristides Aquino, if there's any time that he's ever going to get hits, It's when he's kind of hitting well. So he has a hit in three of his last four games. He's facing off against Drew Smiley. And Drew Smiley, he's actually four for nine in his career. And if I asked you, Jack, when do you think Aquino would get hits? It's against a guy who he's hit before, when he's hot. We all remember when he hit like 11 home runs in nine games when he first came up. This is the only time when you're going to get a 182 batting average and a 517 OPS Aristides Aquino hitting. I think he goes yard tonight.
0: You think he goes yard? Okay. Um, so
1: baseballs. You know, last year's Field of Dreams game ended nine eight with Lynn and Andrew Heaney. Now it's Nick Ladolo versus Drew Smiley. Maybe you know what? Two
0: home runs. Two home runs for Aristidis Aquino. Yes. um So I'm thinking Albert Elmora is my pick to click. He's one for nine in his last four games. Revenge game against the team that he was on the World Series winner for in oh. 2016. Almora was like, hey, you know what? This is a glimpse into the future with Albert Almora and Wilson Contreras and Javier Baez. Almora's still kicking, baby. I think Almora hits for the cycle tonight. I'm <laughs> um, with that. You know who else
1: is gonna hit a home run tonight? One of the best hitters in the Cubs lineup, Nelson Velazquez. Oh, I love Nelson Velazquez. I think he's going to rake off Nick or one of the worst bullpen back ends that there are. You know, they have a 5.07 ERA as a
0: bullpen. Uh, And that is in spite of Alexis Diaz being really good this year. Exactly. So everybody else sucks. Hunter Strickland is not that guy, apparently. No, I mean, we knew he wasn't that guy when Harper took him to the cleaners and Strickland was a little bitch about it. (laughs) That was one of the better entertaining
1: fights, though. Uh, I mean, remember Harper, Harper, like tried to chuck the helmet at him and just missed, like just it went straight
0: into the ground. No, I mean, like that could have like hospitalized Strickland, like bad. A helmet? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Have you ever felt like, I mean, those things are real, like a baseball helmet is like a real hard kind of heavy object at full force. If Bryce Harper is throwing a helmet at him, like he could break a bone and like if he hit his head, that could have been really, really bad. My reaction, I know
1: I just kind of made fun of that, that he threw it and kind of missed, but my real reaction from that was him in the back of his mind knew exactly what you were saying and kind of let go at the last second, knowing that he could have really actually damaged him.
0: Yes, really damaged yeah, him like the, uh, like the Miles Garrett-Mason Rudolph thing. You remember that when he was just slamming him with the football helmet? A football helmet is a very heavy thing, and I understand that these dudes are just – like damp with testosterone and adrenaline at the same time while playing a football game. But like you are using a weapon with the intent to harm permanently Mason Rudolph. Like that's what was running through my mind with the Harper and Hunter Strickland thing.
1: Yeah. And also just going quickly back to the Fields of dreams game, as we wrap up the Cubs bullpen is going to give up some runs to the Reds. No Michael Gibbons, no David Robertson no Scott Efros, but it's funny in the past like week or so, the Cubs bullpen has been very good. I think that ends tonight in the field of dreams game with how Manfred is overnighting some of those bouncy balls.
0: Yeah. You don't think that they can uh, overcome uh, Sean Newcomb and Anderson Espinosa coming out of the bullpen and replacement of uh, David Robertson and Scott Efros. Three years ago, if I
1: told you those guys were going to be in the back end of the Cubs bullpen, you would have been like, no way, no way. Those guys have to amount to something.
0: Well, I, yeah, I still would have thought that Anderson Espinoza and Sean Newcomb would be like threes in major league baseball.
1: Yeah.
0: and here they are set up men extraordinaire for a team that's going to finish 20 games under 500. Um, we'll get into headlines because there's another team about 20 games under 500 that just fired their GM and G GM firings, president of baseball operations, firings are always notable. I think more so than managerial firings because one general manager will probably get two to three cracks at hiring a manager. It's kind of few and far between. And if you're a good GM, you pretty much have a lifetime contract. But bad GMs, it takes a lot to fire them. Alavila was in the Tigers organization for 22 years. He was the GM since 2015. And the Illiches just canned him. They are 16 back at Cleveland who leads the division right now. They're three back at Kansas City. Who's playing with a little bit of positive energy? Detroit is forty-three and sixty-nine. That's twenty-six games under five hundred. They've lost three in a row. They're two and eight in their last ten. They've got a minus one thirty-four run differential, which is the third worst in baseball, only ahead of Washington and the Pirates. The Tigers. I find it very interesting how they've done over the last couple of years because when Alavila took over. Dave Dombrowski was on the way out Um, he was headed to Boston after a quick hiatus I think he was fired by the Tigers Um, but he had already started the fire sale like David Price was gone there were a couple other big fish that he traded off in 2015 so Alavila took over a rebuilding roster they were supposed to be exciting this year and they've been anything but do you feel like this year was the nail in the coffin for him
1: yeah, because I mean, even we were in the boat where you know Arum was actually. I just don't believe in the Tigers yet, but we were on that side of yes, like this feels like a good team. Now everyone basically has gotten hurt. You can't really blame Alavila for that, but you can kind of blame Alavila maybe for some draft picks. Like I'd love to go through. I'm trying to pull them up right now. I've got them. I've got and first draft round draft picks. picks. Yeah, you got first round picks. Good. I mean, let's go through them because, I mean, Spencer Torkelson is not his fault, clearly, because Spencer Torkelson still could be really... Anybody would have done it. Anybody would have done it. But let's look back at some of those to kind of rehash because that's something where, and also, you know, you're not in charge of player development, you know, but you hire the people, right? It just, with how bad this season has turned out, I've never seen a fan base call for their general manager's job more than Tigers fans have called for Ala Vila. Like, even in some of our comment sections, unrelated to Tigers videos, they're like, Can we fire Ala Vila? And I've like, I've never seen that from a fan base about a GM. I've seen it for some managers, but never for a GM. And that just comes up. And I've looked more into it. You go to Tigers Twitter, they despise the man.
0: And usually it's it's a rash decision to call for a GM's head, like. Um, After the hater deal, uh, a lot of Brewers fans I saw were like, fire David Stearns. No, David Stearns is the best thing to happen to the Milwaukee Brewers in quite some time because he has turned them into a relevant organization again. That that was a it was a decent baseball decision that he made. I mean, you know, bad like optics decision, but a good baseball decision. Um, In terms of first round picks, Alavila has drafted Matt Manning, Alex Faieto, Casey Mize, Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, Jackson Job, and Jace Young. So we can walk through them pick by pick. Matt Manning was a guy that started pitching and committed to baseball full-time very late. He had basketball offers. He was a really good basketball player. Um, but Manning was a guy that did not have much tread on his tires. It felt a lot like Tukey Toussaint, where the stuff was just so good, and you had to take the flyer on Manning in the top 10. I don't fault him for the Matt Manning pick. And I think Matt Manning can still be good. We saw it.
1: Yeah, I think that's, I actually, you going through those, it's not as bad. I think there's a lot of bad luck with all of them. Yes. But at the same time, if you're looking at a similar type player and the same thing continues to happen, yes, maybe there is, it's more than just bad luck.
0: Right. So so watching Fieto at Florida, I think you were convinced, I was convinced, everybody was convinced that he was going to be a serviceable major league pitcher, and he still could be a serviceable major league pitcher. He was a TJ guy uh, for the last year and a half. He came back this year, made his major league debut this year. And I mean, Fieto, like there's still some hope there. Casey Mize, I don't fault him for taking Mize 1-1. Joey Bart was the second overall pick. I thought Mize was the shoe in in the Tigers case.
1: Yeah, especially, it wasn't like he took a high school righty who had crazy good stuff, 1-1, one, one, which hasn't worked. Casey Mize at Auburn was one of the better college pitchers that we saw. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I I don't even, I can't really think of a case that you wouldn't have taken him at that spot.
0: No, uh, Riley Green, great pick, end of story. Spencer right. Torkelson, don't fault him for that at all. Still think that's going to turn out to be a great pick. Jackson Job, think that was a great pick. Job looks amazing in minor league baseball. Uh, And then Jace Young this year, it's way too early to tell. So I who a a lot of people like, yeah, hundred percent, you know, and I'm looking at some of the later round success that he's had too, grabbing a guy like Kerry Carpenter, who just made his major league debut. That's really impressive. What he just did in the later rounds here. How about Gage Workman in 2020? How about Ryan Kreidler uh, in 2019 at a UCLA? I mean, he's grabbing these middle round guys. And they're turning into legitimate prospects sometimes. And then I know Akil Badu is hitting like a buck 55 right now, but that in the rule five was really impressive. I don't think it's the minor moves and just an accumulation of minor moves that did him in. I think it was promising over $200 million to Javier Baez and Eduardo Rodriguez this offseason and it blowing up at his face that was it, that had to be the kiss of death because Baez is terrible. I think a lot of people could have called it. I think that we were calling it a little bit. And Erod, I mean, shit, dude. We thought that was a lot of money for him. And now he's not even physically present to uh, try and earn that money. He was a guy that we looked at as, okay, he's had a lot of bad
1: luck. I mean, the result stats weren't there in Boston, but we saw at least somewhat of a better picture than maybe the ERA would say. But I mean, we said it you know, ourselves, the stuff itself was not that great. And he got paid like a number two or a number three in a rotation when I think we were both under the assumption that maybe he's not a five, but he's probably more of a four. And I think they signed him to be one of the front runners in their rotation and it just didn't work out. But to the draft point, the Tigers have now been close to the seller. For a lot of those picks. So those are all very top of the line draft picks. You're supposed to get some of the best players in the draft. But when you look at every single player that he's gotten so far, only Riley Green has really worked out
0: yeah, way too early to tell yes. on Jackson job way and too early. To tell. I think it's early to tell too. I'm just saying they're not trending in the right direction.
1: So I'm just trying to rationalize then the firing as well, where they look at all the past ones since you've been here. You've had a high draft pick every single time, and yeah. nothing has worked out besides Riley Green, who it wouldn't even matter where he went because he was just such a great bat.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm thinking it's just the perfect storm of everybody sucking this year. I mean, that is the most anemic offense in baseball. Javier Baez is one of the worst hitters in baseball this year. He's one of the least disciplined hitters so far this year. Uh, Austin Meadows has not been good, and Meadows was a trade acquisition there. Uh, Tucker Barnhart has been terrible. Barnhart was a trade acquisition there. Um, And a lot of the guys that he brought over, Jamer Candelario, who was in the Avila tenure, he hasn't been good. Scope's been dreadful. Avila grabbed Scope. I mean, everything didn't work out for him this year. And what grade did we give the Tigers at the deadline? They had all this
1: opportunity then to go out and sell a bunch of guys. Yeah. They gave Michael Fulmer, didn't think they got enough for Michael Fulmer. Then they basically just gave Robbie Grossman away for free. Yes. I mean, that wasn't a good deadline on top of it. So maybe you say, all right, we can't judge the drafting, but it hasn't gone that well can't truly judge the deadline. Well, that didn't really go well. Like there was a lot of little things that never went well, resulting in a last place team year over year. And at some point they have to say, all right, where's the positive thing that you did?
0: Right, right. There's no immense success anywhere. Like some teams are really good at player development. Some teams are really good at drafting. Some teams are really good at big league trades. Some teams are really good at free agent signings. The Tigers are not very good at all of them. That's the thing. It's
1: not he's so bad at one thing. He's just not very slightly good below average football. at all of them. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, well, we have to get out of this hole. So they needed to make a move there. But I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a job soon. in Some sort of front.
0: No, off. he's he's going to get a job elsewhere. Uh, I made the joke that they should hire Alex Avila to be uh to be the new GM. His kid um,
1: playing uh, like name that player. Alex Avila, old catcher.
0: Yeah, so what's interesting, Al Avila is how you say his last name. His son, Alex, was going by Alex Avila when he was with Detroit. But when he was with the Cubs, he said he wanted his last name name to be pronounced Avila. I don't understand why your last name's pronunciation is different than your last name or than your dad's last name's pronunciation. Doesn't make any sense. I don't have an answer for you. Uh, yeah, I don't have an answer for you either. Um, the good news is there are a lot of really good AGMs and director of player development um, in Major League Baseball. Detroit's going to get a really good one, I know, um, and they're going to go through a diligent hiring process for the GM, and it won't be from within. It'll it'll be one of the shining stars around baseball, surely. Um, I got a bunch of injuries to run by you before we get to a promotion and a demotion to wrap. Um, again, we're just kind of flying through headlines here, casual Friday. Um, Shane Boz, according to Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times, is doubtful to return in 2022. Kevin Cash told media earlier this week that Boz isn't even going to start throwing for two more weeks. That sucks for a guy that I know you love and also, especially with Tyler Glassnow out this year, really factored in, and we kind of penciled him in as the two behind McClanahan's one without Glassnow for Tampa Bay this year.
1: And Glassnow, when he's on, I mean, he's we talking about McClanahan being the le- best left-hander. Like when Glass now was on, he's one of the best right-handed pitchers in baseball. He is absolutely disgusting. The extension he gets the breaking ball, the high spin fastball, everything's working for him. But on the Shane Boz side, he's another guy who I, you know, came out and said, I think he will be better than Tyler Glass now one day, maybe not immediately. But when we look at Shane Boz's career, we're looking at a potential ace of the rotation. That's how much I fell in love with this kid. But and a lot of that was predicated on some of my Raise takes, right? Where I thought if they can get Boz back, they can get Wander back, they can get Manny Margot back, then this is a real team that can make some noise, kind of a team that stock is at the lowest. Yeah. Who do you think could be a big time player, maybe in the playoffs? I always kept reverting back to the Rays, but without Boz now. You know Jeffrey Springs just had a tough outing. Maybe he's not truly ready to be a front-end guy. He's never going to be a front-end guy. Like exactly. only in Tampa, just have McClanahan, who has also not been at his most elite lately. I mean, Sandy just had a bad start. It's August. Guys are not perfect throughout the whole season. That's baseball for you. But I can't look at a McClanahan saying, yes, the Rays could win that game, but then game two, game three, it just – Everything seems to be working against the Rays, and Shane Boz is not the nail in the coffin because I'm never going to count them out, but he was definitely a big reason why I was keeping them in.
0: I'm not sure if there are Rays fans out there. If there are, they don't show up to Tropicana Field. Uh, If you are a Rays fan, I think it's time to acknowledge that this is probably just a lost season. You've dealt with so many injuries. You've still got a bunch of hitters on the shelf. You're really running with, like, two starting pitchers right now like Yarborough I understand that everybody makes contact but nobody makes hard contact against him but I really just I think Ryan Yarborough is a ticking time bomb Um, I don't think Tampa is that talented of a team right now I think when everybody is healthy and when they're running out a front three next year of McClanahan last and Shane Boz all healthy that is like end game that might be best trio frontline three in baseball i, I would take sure. i would take McClanahan glass and boz over scherzer de and whoever the third is wow i mean scherzer, scherzer de bassett i mean bassett's been very good this year yeah, yeah but DeGrom looks like
1: bob gibson if he threw harder and Scherzer is probably the third best pitcher in baseball. Maybe you got DeGrom. Well, uh, Sandy, you got to throw in there, but they're all in the top five. Yeah, so, come, on. come on. Sandy, Corbin, um, DeGrom. I mean, what what do I say? Scherzer, DeGrom, Sandy, Corbin. I mean, they're all in there. I don't know. That's a little far just because also we don't know if Glasson is going to be on the Rays. Remember, he's been floated in trade talks as a guy who could possibly. But I see what you're saying. All at their peak, all healthy, there's few teams that could even match those, those, that trio.
0: I don't think there's anybody that can match that trio because like I would take deGrom over McClanahan, I would take him over Glasnow, obviously. Um, I think Scherzer and McClanahan is a toss-up right now, especially a 38-year-old Scherzer. Scherzer, and I'd probably take Scherzer. You'd still take Scherzer still. I would still take Scherzer, but I'm not I'm looking at it as like the overall baseline score for like a trio. And if it was to be you know, DeGrom at 33 years old, Scherzer at 38 years old, and Bassett or Peterson or Tyler McGill, and then I'm looking at a 25-year-old McClanahan, a 24-year-old Boz, and a 27-year-old Glasnow, I know which one I'm running with. I think I understand where you're coming from, but I the only time I have, because
1: in terms of a talent base, you're not off. That's how good these guys are but in terms of prove it.
0: Oh yeah. I mean like it, no, they, they
1: haven't prove proved it. The results and say, Jack, what are you smoking? But in terms of a talent, like all at their best, you're not that far off because all four of the guys that we named at the top are all top 10 pitchers when they're going right. Yeah. And, and then the Baz when he's going right first Bassett, like he could be better than Bassett. It's so I totally yes. get where you're coming. But from just a results based standpoint, from been there done that proved it it has to be the mess
0: okay let me reword that trio would be the most talented pitching trio in baseball that i can get behind okay Okay. so more talented than burns woodruff and freddie peralta
1: our guy freddie
0: yeah more talented than them you're not
1: off. That's how crazy talented these guys are. Like, maybe you're listening to this podcast and thinking that we're smoking something disgusting. No, they're so talented. Friday, but just go watch some video on these guys. They are other... I mean, I use the word otherworldly a lot. I got to get better with my vocabulary. But
0: otherworldly. They're not from read, the planet. Read the dictionary, you narc. um Yeah. I, I'm too deep I, in the spreadsheets. I, I think that 2022... 2022- Scrap it for Tampa. Uh, get Boz back 100% ready to go to start 2023, just like Glass now, and have a front three on opening day of McClanahan, Glass now, Boz.
1: I still can't scrap it, though the race. Yeah, but they'll so yeah, figure okay. it out with Videl Brujan.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> Houston, a team that can legitimately win the World Series without a guy that has won a batting title in Michael Brantley. Brantley is away from the Astros. He's getting a second opinion on his right shoulder, according to a couple of uh, writers for the Astros on the beat. Um, Brantley might not return in 2022 with this second opinion. That I don't think is anywhere close to being a kiss of death. Like they're running out, McCormick and Myers, in the same outfield right now. Would it be great if it was Myers and Brantley? Um, flanking Kyle Tucker with Jordan as the DH. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I, I don't think that Brantley's absence puts the Yankees over them or anything like that because they have survived and thrived without Michael Brantley. Um, obviously they're a lot better with Brantley in the lineup, but I I don't think this is writing on the wall by any stretch.
1: No, I think they'll be totally fine. But I also think that something that's got underreported even by us is that the Astros have not been the juggernaut that we continue to see while the Yankees have been struggling while other teams, other contenders like that, the blue Jays, maybe the twins, you know, the guardians are now approaching first place too. The Astros have not been as electrifying as I think we'd all hope they'd be continuing. Um, You know, they've, they're five and five in their last 10 games. They just lost eight to three to the Rangers. Now currently as we're recording, they're winning three to zero against the Rangers against a young pitcher and Cole Reagans, but they haven't been as electrifying is basically kind of what I'm saying. They're going through a little bit of a lull. So with the Yankees. It seems that every single team in the AL is not playing at their full potential right now, except maybe the Mariners or the Orioles.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I would say Baltimore, surely. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, with Houston, what you were hoping to see from the Astros is while the Yankees sputtered, the Astros would just put the league out of reach. Like, they would just run away with the American uh, League. But and I'm that saying would, they haven't. Is they all haven't. It. Yeah, they haven't. So, yeah, I mean, it. that is a tough look for Houston. Um, I don't think that Brantley's absence is a direct causation of that. Um, I, I think that they are just fine. They're going to be just fine. They're still my favorite to get out of the American League uh, with or without Michael Brantley. You think nice. you agree?
1: At the same time, though, yes, I don't think it it really makes me think, oh, now the Astros are worse than the Yankees or anything like that. I still think that they're the best team in the American League, too. But what Brantley does is he also adds a different element to that lineup, too, because now Jordan is really the only big lefty in that lineup. Kyle Tucker, I love as a talent, but he just hasn't performed amazing this year. He's been really unlucky that's a reality of the situation. Like he could get much better still in September and October. I totally think that that could happen. But so far this year, he hasn't made the jump to superstar. Like I think a lot of people thought yeah. just on the results based, Um, you know, the expected he expects to get better. But currently right now, he hasn't been that superstar. So really, Jordan's the only big lefty in that lineup. Yeah, Just to separate the Altuves and the Bregmans and all those guys down there.
0: Well, also kind of sucks, and not a lefty bat, but it kind of sucks that they traded away a superstar in Jose Siri at the deadline. Exactly. So light. Light, He, light, 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 he light, runs light. so fast. He hits the ball really hard. He's really good defensively. Uh, yes, there are a billion flaws in his game, but Jose Siri is a superstar. Um, if, if he could hit. If he could hit. <laughs> if he could hit, oh, my God, dude. Listen, if Nolan Ryan could throw strikes, it was over for you, Jose. That's how that works. Can you just compare Jose Siri to Nolan Ride and say, I did. The strikes throwing away from being better. I mean, Nolan Ride was pretty damn good. He's got the most career strikeouts. He's got the most career walks, man. Imagine if he had the fewest career walks. Yeah. That's what we're looking at with Jose Siri's potential if he could hit.
1: I just, I hope people are taking you seriously with the Jose Siri.
0: I hope so too. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, like, I I'm not too worried about Houston. Um. Also, did you see Dusty Baker's comments about uh, using Trey Mancini? He said, "When Framber's on the mound, I got to use my Gold Glove first baseman and Yuli Gurriel." Technically, he's right. He said, "When I've got a fly ball pitcher on the mound, I got to use guys that can get to fly balls." Mancini hasn't played uh, that much outfield in Baltimore, so I don't really trust him out there right now. That doesn't make sense just fucking use trey mancini dude
1: yeah that doesn't make a ton of sense i don't know
0: yeah. put you or don and left and have
1: mancini dh credit to dusty baker he's been i mean <laughs> I, I just truly don't know how much managers manage but the ashes have been so good under his his short tenure with them so i give him all the i guess i'll give him as much credit as you would give a manager but that comment didn't make sense
0: so he um you know he's he's got COVID. i think so he's in quarantine right now um and uh, he couldn't watch the Astros game on Peacock on Sunday morning because he doesn't subscribe to Peacock. And you would think Dusty Baker, who's made millions of dollars in his managerial career, uh, he could absolutely pay the five ninety nine dollars per month that I know we pay for Peacock. Uh, but instead, he said he watched a Bob Marley documentary and followed the game on his phone.
1: I've been there. I'm not. I mean, As not the manager
0: of the Astros, you've been there? No. Yeah, I see eye to eye with Dusty Baker because I was the manager of the Yankees when they were on Peacock.
1: You know what I respect, Dusty Baker? Remember my rant about different streaming services? Don't buy into it. I haven't subscribed to Peacock. I'm on MLB.porn.co because that's where I'm going to watch it instead. Screw Peacock. I ain't
0: buying any more of these streaming services. No, dude, I'm all over Peacock. Sign me up, baby. What else do they have on Peacock anyway? Actually, we're not giving them free airtime. They've Please. got Premier League, yeah. Um, Apple TV. I actually like their selection of shows, so I uh, I would gladly subscribe to that. Exactly. I'm already on that. It's too much. Give yeah. me MLB. Porn. Dot. Weird. Dot.
1: Gross. Dot.
0: Yeah. Speaking of weird dot gross, um, Matt Carpenter out two months with a fracture in his left foot. And I'm talking about his mustache. Um, but Carpenter, I know we mentioned it briefly on yesterday's show, um, but just tying a bow on the Carpenter conversation, that sucks. Because, like, obviously, they weren't expecting anything for Matt Carpenter. Here he is giving Yankee fans the world. And you got to be without Carpenter for the home stretch of the regular season and probably the beginning of the postseason.
1: This man was hitting third in the Yankees lineup. You bet your ass he's important. Um, and we just did an episode yesterday. If you missed it, um, it got posted on Thursday. Most surprising player from each team. And Matt Carpenter made it as mine um, over Jose Trevino, over Nestor Cortez, because who would have thought that Matt Carpenter would have as many home runs as basically Glaber Torres and about 200 less ABs. Yeah. 15 home runs from him. He has been a spark plug to the team on offense as well. He just seems like such a good locker room guy on top of it. Like that hurts more than just what you're going to see at the plate. But just focusing about what we're seeing at the plate, he has been one of the better Yankee hitters. And now that they've, you know, the, Rizzo's going to return, Stan's going to return, but a lineup without those three is, a, is much thinner than it was just a couple of weeks ago.
0: How are they filling that spot right now? Anduhar?
1: Yeah, and Uhar got the call-up, exactly. But, I mean, they're mixing and matching right now, and Yankee fans are calling for a guy, his name's Oswald Peraza. We've talked about a ton. to come play shortstop instead of IKF. And, you know, we're going to talk about Von Grissom a little bit later about the fact that, you know, the Yankees are reluctant to call up these guys. But what I'm saying is just wait for September 1st when the rosters expand like then I do think that he's going to come up, but just in the terms of Matt Carpenter. Yeah. They've had to use a couple of different guys to kind of fill those voids. You know, Aaron Hicks is playing a lot um, in the outfield. Cause they were using Matt Carpenter a little bit, play judge in center, but it's just not the same Yankees team as we're used to seeing.
0: Okay. So I saw a comment from Aaron Hicks. Um, he was talking, I think he was talking with Lindsay Adler, at the athletic and um he was asked like how he felt about his level of play over the last couple of months and like so far this season, and he says, "I feel horrible about it." Um, and I I understand like Aaron Hicks is really struggling, but he's gotten some big knocks. But this is less than two weeks removed from Joey Gallo's comments where he's saying he can't go outside. Um, I don't know. Do do you think some of that is just like? the constant pressure put on being a New York Yankee. Like that's horrible that Hicks and Gallo are both expressing that their mental health is just in the gutter right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, Yankee fans are tough, dude. I I don't know what else to say. They're, they're a very tough fan base. You know, what they were presented at least this year was almost perfection when the Yankees went on that run, the April, May, June, even parts of July. And Those two players have been at the core of it, of players that haven't performed up to everyone else on the team. So as Yankee fans are chasing perfection and, you know, it's been over a decade since a championship. And I think that's in the rear view of of a lot of fans' minds as well. These guys have gotten a lot of of flack. I mean, Aaron Hicks signed a seven-year extension with the team lot of fans expected him to be better than he has been and when you go 0 for 33 like he had an 0 for 33 hit list streak and then his one hit was a little bloop that I think had an exit velocity of like 70 miles an hour and really hasn't performed to what a lot of fans thought they're gonna hear it like in Philly there's there's a lot of tough fan bases um is it right of course not but it's the reality of the situation. I mean, we'd yell at Yankee fans and be like, "Stop, stop, stop!" But that's the reality of the situation. It's tough to
0: play New York. I've just, I've never, I've never heard a fan base never look on the bright side. Like that, that's the Yankees so far this year. I mean,
1: Judge. look how much they love judge. I mean, Obviously I'm I'm hearing about you in praise and it's the best place to play in the world. That's the, that's the difference. It's it's either the absolute best. Like when Aaron Hicks in the playoffs is playing well, he's getting showered with glory, but when you're not playing well, you're going to hear it more than any other fan base. It's the most polarizing place to play. A lot of guys want to come to New York as really good players because you get the ultimate shine. But on the same time, the ultimate lulls. If you'd rather more of a middle ground, don't come play in New York. But he signed a seven-year extension while also playing for the Yankees in recent past. Like, he knew what he signed up for. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not trying to rationalize it at all. Do I wish they were nicer? Of course I do. I'm nicer. I'm a Yankee fan. I'm nicer. I'm not going at him. Yeah. But it, that's the reality of playing in New York, unfortunately. Yeah. Or and, unfortunately.
0: You, and you're 100% right. Like, I just... It, it's hard for me to ignore that I hear more about Isaiah Kiner zero homers so far this year and Gallo and Hicks um, than I do. And like I hear a decent amount about Nestor and Judge, but it feels like I hear way more like negative slander hilarity than I do like, hey, DJ just had a nice game tonight.
1: See, I think you're right, but also I hear a lot of praise. Like, Clay Holmes was the next coming of the Lord and Savior. Like, yeah. it was like one of those kinds of things. Nestor was – he was like, Nestor's winning sound. He's the best pitcher I've ever seen. Garrett Cole, when, he, when at least when he's pitching well, it's like nobody can touch Garrett Cole. Right. You know, even Jordan Montgomery, Yankee fans were so sad to see him go. And for good reason, but then they were hating on him when he was pitching bad. Like it's all of these different things, you know, the cheater, the Mariano's, these guys are revered because they played really well. It's just the reality of being a Yankee and whether you like it or not, it's just, that's what goes on. Yeah. So when he plays well, he's going to get showered in glory. When he plays badly, he's going to get absolutely shit on. That's just what happens.
0: Yeah. And it, and it's like, it's not fair, but it's fair. Like that's what the Yankee history is. Like it stems back to the Steinbrenners and everything like that is the burden of playing for the New York Yankees. Uh, you certainly don't carry that playing for the Chicago White Sox. Tim Anderson has been one of the better players in all of baseball uh, over the last couple of years. But T.A. is out four to six weeks due to a torn ligament in his left hand. Um, the White Sox should pack it up and go home. They're yep. not a fun baseball team to watch right now, especially when Leori Garcia is playing short. Lenin Sosa hitting his first career homer was great, but... They're not going to run Lenin Sosa out there every day to play short. It is just horrible what's going on with the White Sox. And this TA injury is the nail in the coffin. This team has not been fun to watch this year. Um, and they might have a 5 to 10% approval rating from their fan base right now.
1: They have like four first basemen on the roster playing different positions in the outfield.
0: Correct. So you, Gavin Sheets ain't an outfielder. Uh the outfield alignment last weekend was Vaughn and left, Pollock in center, Sheets in right. Immobile. They're just not gonna get to balls. No. Everything's dropping.
1: Yeah, I, I hate to be so simplistic, but you have Vaughn who's a first baseman. You have Sheets who's probably a first base DH. You have Eloy Jimenez, first base DH. Jose Abreu is playing first base DH. Grandal can't move anymore. TA is their one out. Like, Johan Mancata just, he, I think he's got a 60 WRC plus this season, Jack. Been horrible. Luis Robert has just
0: been made of glass. Made of glass. Like, no, it's a, it's a hilarious mistake. It's literally just Dylan, uh, Dylan C's. Like, that's the yeah. only guy that is fun to watch right now on the White House. I hope like that fun to watch. He's got like a four and a half now.
1: You said who's fun to watch.
0: <laughs> well, to Jose Abreu's credit He's been one of the best for his baseball. Yeah, no, I mean like Abreu's like fine But he's not like fun Like I was promised fun excitement and You have some cool jerseys Great jerseys The Southside jersey is so sick Yeah, you know um, They do else? a cool light thing When a guy hits a home run during night games It's really awesome
1: I've heard the food at the stadium is pretty good
0: Yeah, it's good solid they've got a fundamentals deck where you can race scott pincetnik what else is good italian really used to be really awesome mark burley was great loved him yeah. favorite player ever um kendall graveman is a good reliever the the sale cutting up the jerseys was awesome yep. five years ago um yeah
1: that's it that's all i got
0: and that's about it um all <laughs> right one demotion one promotion to wrap Kyle Lewis, option 2020 AL Rookie of the Year. Kyle Lewis, there's no space for him right now in the Seattle Mariners outfield. There shouldn't be any space for Jared Kelnick either. I mean, they've got some sore thumbs right now, and they are still overcoming that. Not good.
1: Kyle Lewis was really promising, at least in that 2020 season. And just has not been the same since. Has not performed at the plate. And, you know, Jared Kelnick, we were all imagining a Jared Kelnick, Kyle Lewis, J-Rod outfield. And now it just seems like it's probably going to be J-Rod. I'm not counting Kelnick out. I'm also not counting Kyle Lewis out still. Maybe these are just guys who need to get better later. Like two of the best players in our sport, Aaron Judge and Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom started getting good at 26. Same with Aaron Judge. I like to give these guys more time. Maybe the promotions was just too much. Like maybe these guys still need to develop in the minor leagues. I'm not counting them out. I will continue to give these guys more chances because they still are so talented. But it's just not time for Kyle Lewis yet. And it may still not be time for Jared Kelnick yet. It's just, it's, I'm just, the only reason I'm saying this is once prospects get called up, and don't perform immediately. For example, I was just on a Blue Jays podcast. They were talking about Gabriel Moreno. And the host was like, oh, I don't think he's as good as like we thought. And it's like, wait a minute. Just give the man a
0: step. Yeah, he's like 21.
1: Yeah. It's like, just because they get called up and maybe they're overpromoted too quickly, just because they don't perform immediately, don't give up on them. Remember that they just need reps and reps and more development. And that's okay. So a guy like Kyle Lewis, a guy like Jared Kelnick, I'm still not giving up on them. But it is, it was at the same time. It was time to move him down. He has not performed.
0: I I think it's kind of funny, like looking at Seattle just from a from a batting average perspective. It's kind of funny because obviously you've got some really impressive performers so far this year. Ty France uh, was hitting 298. J Rod has been amazing. Um, Eugenio Suarez has been good. Winker has turned it on. He's been solid over the last, you know, little bit. Uh, but then Abraham Toro has played 84 games. He's hitting a buck 80. Dylan Moore has played 76 games. He's hitting a buck 93. They just optioned Kyle Lewis, who across 18 games hit a buck 43. Carlos Santana, 36 games, 174. Jared Kelnick in 40 games. What's he hitting? I couldn't tell you. 124. Hmm. What do you think his OBP is? 190. 187. Ugh. It's horrible. You know,
1: it's, it's not like we're using right now as batting average is the only stat to evaluate a hitter, but when something is so low, like just putting the bat on ball is important. And there have been guys, you know, you can get really unlucky in the batting average department, so it's important to use a bunch of different stats, but I think it's a quick way to just say they're not
0: getting hits right now. Yes, I'm pulling up his bubbles right now to tell people how blue his bubbles are. Yeah, the blue bubbles are, 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 are as important. They're not loading for me. Why are the blue bubbles not loading for me? My guess is the blue bubbles are not there if you're hitting 124. He's got a 270 Woba. That's not very good. That's really bad. Yeah. Really bad. Um, however, let's skew positive to end the pot. Von Grissom is up. He went nuclear in his major league debut. Seventh inning, he cleared the monster at Fenway. Um, He's legit. He is, uh, I want to say, the third youngest player in baseball now. Um, Only behind his teammate, Michael Harris, and then one more who I'm blanking on. Um, But Von Grissom can run. He can hit. He can hit for power. He's got some defensive versatility. The beauty of Von Grissom is he can do everything well. Um, he is not particularly transcendent like Michael Harris is defensively in center field, but Grissom was a pop-up guy. Grissom was the shortstop on a uh, Riley Green's high school team in Florida. So Riley Green was the center fielder. Grissom was the shortstop. Green obviously went top 10. Grissom went in the 11th round and the Braves paid him just enough money. Um, Grissom has turned into a very solid player that was hitting 300, 400, 500, or slashing 300, 400, 500 at every stop in minor league baseball. And I think he only played 20 games in double. He spent the majority of the year in high A, got up to double for 20 games, and then got the bump. He seems ready. Hit one out of Fenway Park. You don't see that
1: that often. And he
0: crushed that ball in the game versus the
1: Red Sox. But just to bring it back to the Yankees for a second, just in terms of prospect. You know, bump ups because a guy like Oswald Peraza is already well ahead of Von Grissom in the minor leagues a guy even like Anthony Volpe is ahead of where Vaughn Grissom was in the minor leagues. So if Yankee fans are looking at an, at an assignment like that up to the major leagues for him and saying, well, where are our guys? Yeah. And honestly, like it's not a bad argument too, but I will say just September 1st, let that be known. And I think it's cool just um, seeing with some of these top prospects that they played on the same team. Like I know the Matt Stafford and Clayton Kershaw thing was there. Like even Anthony Volpe and Jack Leiter were on the same high school team. Yep. It's just cool going across those. So I didn't even know Vaughn Grissom and Riley Green were on the same team and that that's so loaded but um I guess to the point like I, I just want to ask you too when you hear about Volpe and you hear about Peraz and all Yankee fans clamoring for these guys with IKF not playing that well and you see the Braves being aggressive with their promotions and they always are and it has been working out for them do you think to do you think to yourself yes the Yankees should pull up these guys or are you saying kind of wait till September 1 like I'm thinking
0: um I'm thinking that these two guys really fell into Alex Anthopoulos's lap to the point where he thought that they were ready to contribute at the major league level. Um, I don't think that the Yankees have a hitting prospect that was as finely tuned as Michael Harris. Um, Cause Volpe like has a higher offensive ceiling than Harris. Absolutely. Um, but we know Volpe is not entirely ready. Like there's a chance he comes up and is absolutely blown up by major league pitching. That wasn't the read that I think anybody, anybody was getting on Michael Harris. Um and I think if you do it for 2021 and 2022, like Grissom has, he has had no bad stop. He's had no bad stretch. Like, I don't think you can point to a 10, 15 game stretch where you say he looked human. Grissom never looked human. Volpe looked human. Dominguez looked human. Peraza in his minor league career has looked human. Those two guys haven't. Um, So I think they lucked into having those two guys and AA had the confidence that they could immediately not be violently overmatched at the major league level. I think you summed it up perfectly. Thanks, man.
1: Thanks.
0: So there we go. Um, Do we have anything else? I don't think so. Uh, again, fielders, Field of Dreams game, Aristide Aquino, multiple homers, Albert Almora hit for the cycle, Nelson and the Cubs, Velasquez, Velasquez homered. Um, so three homers for the Reds were counting. The Cubs still won two to one nine eight nine eight okay fair you got the over
1: Kyle Farmer I have the over
0: you have the over
1: makes no sense okay but I'm relying on Manfred overnighting the baseballs I'm relying on maybe a Nick Lodolo and primetime start in Iowa where you know he hasn't been good on the road this year eight five era on the road I talked about all this on not gambling advice the podcast yeah um, and Drew Smiley not good against right handed bats. What can the Reds do? They can hit a lefty, they already hit Ashby, even with fam and jury being gone. That's their only saving grace. Do we see some little extra juice balls? Do we see a little bit of action tonight? Because the only way people are turning that on is like, do does anyone want, want to watch a Drew Smiley Nicoladolo masterclass? Uh, I don't think we would
0: love player. it. Um, I would hate watching a Drew Smiley masterclass, yes, exactly. Um yeah, I let's see. I, I think we should be checking these guys' splits in their minor league career in like Des Moines and Cedar Rapids wow. and the now-defunct Burlington Bees. That's how you get deep. That's, That's how you get player. deep. Did you do it? No,
1: I didn't look at Des Moines stats. Were, were
0: you actually in the lab if you didn't look at how these guys fared at Iowa? So true. You weren't in I'm the lab. I'm
1: a clown. It's so true. I'm a clown.
0: Dude. Salute, <laughs> salute! Four-leaf clover emoji. Uh, the over hope Peter gets it. Um, all the social medias are in the episode description. Get your merch. We've got a sick long-sleeve white tee that's now on the store. Right. Uh, I'm getting to New York next weekend. I better have one. They are waiting for me. Dr. to our guy Kendall. You know the drill. Yeah, true. You're part of this company. And with that,
1: thank you everybody.